When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers for the second time around this evening. Um, our first show with me and Chris was great. Um, we done the Liverpool history this week. We went off on a, on a, a tangent about uh, Serie A in the early 90s. But that's all forgotten about now. Um, go and watch it or listen to it when it comes out as a download. Um, like it, share it, do all that sort of stuff. But now we're into NTK, no transfer knowledge. Um, the LFC Day Trippers transfer show. And you know what? Um, it's me again. It's Kev. We're on Point of Guinness, just to let people know. And um, we're going to talk about loads of Liverpool stuff that's gone on. But Kev, first of all, Cody Gakbo has been confirmed as a Liverpool player. Will wear the number 18 jersey. Has been a couple of clips out about him already. Seeing Klopp, seeing Virgil, um, saying he's delighted to be here. And, you know... Um, Really grateful there was interest from the club and stuff like that. But it has been announced. So we're hoping that he will be registered on January the 4th, despite it being a Sunday. Um, happy it's all done and dusted, Kev. Happy it was done quick and it wasn't a drawn-out process. Um, surprised that we got him as cheap as we did, in all honesty. When you see some of the fees that have been talked about um, going around at the minute, it's just ludicrous for players who've, who've done absolutely nothing. Um, this guy, Dutch international, flying in the Dutch league, 
done it in Europe as well. And to pick him up for the fee that we did at 37 million at 23 years of age, I think it's a great bit of business. Uh, the club have done really well. Uh, and the fact that it was all kept under wraps, nobody knew a damn thing. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't until Joyce announced it, and me and Matt were doing the post match show. Yeah. And I think we'd just come off air when Joyce said it. We we're like, what? How did, how did nobody know? And then you got you just got to take your hats off to him because all of the talk was it was Manchester United bound. Um, yeah, everyone thought that, and it, it added up. It is he's exactly the type of player that Manchester United need. Yeah, you know, and he could go to Manchester United and he would play week in week out. First starter, no problem at all. Manager knows him. Big club, you know, a global exposure. There's no reason why. He wouldn't have gone there apart from Virgil stuck his oar in and said, Oh, you here. Hmm. And it looks like that would have, he said he apparently he said he's talked to Virgil in the last few days. And Virgil uh, told him. Vir- that... Virgil helped convince him that this is the club to help you to develop, yeah. to be the player you want to be. In other words, Jurgen Klopp is the draw. Yeah. As well as Liverpool and everything like that. There's big, there's big clubs all over the place, but there isn't many managers of the standard of Klopp that can take a young player and say, look, this is the track record I have. Um, look at Aubameyang, look at Marco Royce, look at all the players that I've worked with, Lewandowski, all these great players. If you want to become that, come with me. Hmm. And it looks like that's what happened. It does. Um, you know, 37 million rising to 44 million pounds, um, which is around the 50 million euro mark, but we go in pounds. Um, I, I agree with you. I, like, all the signs where he was going to Manchester United. You know, there were strong links to him. Um, a lot of people that talk sense about Manchester United and, and, and transfers and stuff like that were saying, no, Cody Gakpo. And even Ten Hag couldn't kind of hide it when, he, when, when Gakpo was mentioned to him. Not just, you know, in the last couple of days, but pre- previously. And, and the talk was that he wanted him in the summer, um, but just couldn't get him. And they would go back in in January and at the latest this summer coming and you're right I think he goes into United and you look at his versatility and the fact that he can play as a 10 for me he can play as a false 9 he can play left side and if you look at the United players that they have like Rashford plays off the left but likes to be up front you know um, Bruno Fernandes can go into midfield but he can play as a 10 he would have suited Manchester United there's no doubt about that because yeah. of his versatility and the fact that Ronaldo leaving you know and Martial not being it's just not reliable enough, Martial, injury-wise and, and form-wise. He would have made absolute sense. And then it comes out the other day, and you're like, and Joyce says it, and you're like, wow, where's this fucking come from? And it, the thing with Virgil van Dijk is, he he makes a comment during the World Cup where he's asked, well, do you think Cody Gakko can go to the next level and, and maybe go to Manchester United or Real Madrid? And he says, well, are they both on the same level, them two clubs? Um you know, he can definitely make the step up. And maybe that's where it started. Or maybe Virgil van Dijk knew something had begun before that. And United weren't too sure if Liverpool would go and do it because Liverpool probably have their eyes on midfielders. And Joyce comes out and says it. And, and then it starts to make sense for Liverpool. Now, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, he's left-hand side and we've loads of them. And I'm kind of going, no, we don't. We don't. We have we have Carvalho that's really young. Okay? Um, let's see. Don't put too much pressure on him. We have... Luis Diaz, who's out and out left, right for me, and is injured. And when he comes back, I think he will play left. 
right? And people are throwing Jota in there and kind of going, Jota wants to play centrally. Jota wants to be a forward for Liverpool, yeah. all right? Now, it might lead to Firmino not getting a deal renewed or Firmino being literally sixth choice, you know, if 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 he does get a deal. But it made sense then for Liverpool where you're going. Because didn't we speak about this last week? I think it was me and you where we said, if you can get someone in <coughs> that can help for three months and then be moulded into maybe challenging like still on that left-hand side, but being moulded into something else somewhere else on the pitch... That's the perf- That's perfection, and and we spoke about the guy you really like, Ajax. Kudos, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it started to make more sense as it went on, didn't it? It for me, it was a no-brainer because you saw the balance in the front players in the January window when we brought Diaz in last summer, or sorry, last winter. It made such a difference to have the flexibility of having six forwards to pick from, and you could rotate properly. You could keep players fresh and. You could work on it. You could work on things. You could say to someone, and say, right, you're going, you're not going to be involved at the weekend, but you're going to be right for a week's time. Take a couple of days break and get yourself ready for it. When you've got down to our starting lineup the other day, Ox played on the left because it was a choice between him and Carvalho, and that's the options you've got for the and next Carvalho had only months. played in the League Cup as well. Yeah, and look, Ox didn't do a bad job. He did an okay, fine job. But the problem is, when you've only got real two real out-and-out goal threats in your team, then you do, we don't get goals from midfield. We don't get goals from our back line regularly enough. So we're only going to get goals from Darwin Nunes and Mo Salah. That's it. So, yeah. And the rest might chip in on the odd goal here and there. We had to add another one. And even when Jota and Diaz come back, there's no guarantee that they don't do what Reese James did and do a small little relapse and have another month. They're going to take time to get themselves up to speed and match fit and ready. And by this time, you're talking March, towards the end of March, where the season is up and running and flying and every game comes thick and fast and they're all important. You can't really bed someone back in at that stage. You've got to work on them in the training ground. That takes time. I thought it was more important for me to get a forward in in this window than it is anywhere else in the pitch. And I've, I'll die on that hill because more it was more important to get a forward in in January than it was a midfielder, 100%. And is that, is that because you look at the likes of Carvalho where you think he's a brilliant prospect, and but he's still very young? You know, and, yeah. and even you can add that you can still throw that at Harvey Elliott, who was more experienced than, than Carvalho in, in the Liverpool side, but he's still very young. Where you, for me, you know couple of injuries here and there but he probably play with Nunes on the left Salah on the right but then you're down to those three and that's it and that's it in and in shot. fairness that's it I know where your argument's coming from because even if you sign a midfielder in January which I still think we should by the way right, yeah, before yeah. Oh, yeah, jumps down my throat right but if you have great midfielders in there right or players that are staying fit and playing well if, if you're losing forwards like if, you, if a Nunes goes down for six weeks or a Salah goes down for six weeks then you're going kind of have to play Carvalho here and he's a good prospect but I've seen players like over the years wilt at the fact that you're putting so much pressure on them uh, yeah. for six months where it, you know could nearly define their career uh, Rory says a quote from Klopp the work that has gone into this has been really impressive and in the end we have managed to sign a player who we've known about for quite some time um, could this apply to Bellingham too says Rory we'll get on to Bellingham in a little bit yeah. but, but overall Kev it's a signing that makes sense. It's a really good price. 
when you look at yeah. today's market like someone says there that um and I'll, I'll find it for you because they say like um the market's absolutely insane like it's taken 100 million quid just to get you in the door um you know and i'm not too sure who said that but I'll come back to that in a sec as well yeah um <coughs> but, but it, it makes sense in in a squad in that squad environment not only for this three months or this six months but going forward he's 23 signing the deal till 2028 you know what i mean so it's a five and a half year deal i presume right um and it's i don't know if it's i don't think it's going to affect the midfield but it gives us more of an option in the forward line and just that little bit of a buffer for these three months and then Jota and Diaz come back and you're kind of going Jota, Diaz, Gakbo, Salah, Nunes, Firmino, you're going, there's loads there. There's loads yeah. there now if they all stay fit and stuff like that. So I think it does make sense. And, and the other side of it is you're not blocking a route to the first team for Ben Doak down the line. You've, you've still got the gateway there for younger players to come through. Carvalho can come still come through if if they, I think ultimately they want to develop Carvalho to be a central midfielder, not for now. I mean, when he physically fills out, we were talking to Christy the other day about this. You remember when um, Trent made his debut and or when he his first year or two when he was about eighteen when he was this eight you know eighteen nineteen and he still looked, he was a boy in a you know in a man's game he was still a boy. But you look at him now, and he's 24, and he's filled out, and he's big, and he's strong, and he's he's hard as nails. That's when you look at a player who's a, a Harvey Elliott, a Carvalho. You look at them now, and they're wiry kids. In all fairness, that's all they are. They look like wiry kids. But when they develop at 22, 23, 24 into, their, into men, then they're going to have three years, four years worth of experience in their legs. And we'll reap the rewards of it then. You know, you have them around the squad now, but you can't heap too much pressure on them for now. It's not fair on them, and you stunt their growth in the long run. But all this does really, this Gakpo sign, it helps the forwards that are out injured. It helps us to get get over a hump for the next couple of months. And then when they, when they all come back, there's a good mix. There's a nice age mix where you've got Mo and Bobby as your seniors, as your senior forwards. And then you've got what Darwin's what twenty five, Joss sorry, no, Joss not is even twenty five. Yeah, Joss is twenty five. Darwin's <coughs> twenty two or three. Gakpo twenty three. Diaz is around the same age. So those four are going to come through together, while you've still got the experience of Salah around to take the limelight really or the, and the weight off of them. So when they do come through. They'll just burst on the scene and take over take over the reins. Mm. I mean, it's Tor, absolutely great business. Tor says, is Gakbo the Mane replacement in terms of versatility? Could be playing on the right, the left, or in the centre. What's not to like? And <coughs> we done a show the other day in Gakbo when we were talking about Gakbo, and I said, and not just Gakbo, I, I, my whole point was, if you signed, I think it was Kudos we were talking about, and I said, Kev, you could bring him in and let him play down the left for three months. And then Klopp could turn around and go, um, you're going to be a number eight for me. And people went, no, well, they won't do that. They done it with Gini Wijnaldum. Gini Wijnaldum was a number 10, right? Uh, was a PSV, I think he was at. Yeah, it was a PSV. And uh, even right? at Newcastle. And at Newcastle, he was, he was a number 10. Yeah. And Klopp just went in and went, you're number eight. And a number six if I need you. Because he looked at him and went, his physical attributes, I will get you to do this. And uh, like, I'm not saying that we have to 
recreate the wheel here with, with Cody Gakpo where we go, he's just doing a job here and then we're going to turn him into a fucking, uh, you know, a number six. That's ridiculous yeah. talk. But what I'm saying is, is that the versatility thing is, is massive because he could actually just let go, Cody Gakpo go, listen, I'm going to play you anywhere across that front three at any stage, just to let you know. But Or he could turn around and go, I'm molding you into an eight. And he could do it. You don't know. But I, I, I think no. for that sort of money, Kev, I think for that sort of money, whether you're going to mould him into something or you're going to let him play off the left or you're going to let him be a bit, not a utility player, because every time someone hears utility, they think not an awful lot of minutes. No, and they not, just come not very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's, I just think it's, I just think it's good business. I think it's really sensible business. It is. Look, let's get away from it a minute as well. Anyone who's watched him for a period of time, He's got a lot to work on, especially off the ball. Off the ball, yeah, uh, I agree. Off the, off the ball, he's got to learn how to press, and that comes with time. But his natural ability on the ball, his ability to go past players, he's, he's quick enough. The one thing you look at him, for a big, a big tall guy, he's not very strong in the air. You know, mm. he's not, and you'd expect someone of that size to be a powerful aerial threat. That's not his game. But I, I've, I but, I, but Kev, I've read. He needs to bulk out a bit. M- maybe so, but I, I've read, like, I'm only going on what I've seen at the World Cup. Yeah. I thought he was good at the World Cup, but off the ball, I was kind of going, if you were playing a false nine, I like, you know, a Firmino, you need to find yourself in different positions. Like, if you watch England against France in the World Cup, right? Olivier Giroud isn't a false nine. But what he done was he turned and his head was on a swivel looking for Declan Rice. Right? Okay? Firmino yeah. does the same. As a false, he's a false nine. Right? Where he's not going to play right up against you and look to win you early. But what he'll do is he'll turn around and he'll go, right, we're playing Man City today and I'm just going to not let Rodri get on the ball. And if he does, I'm going to be behind him trying to nick it off and stuff like that. Cody Gakpo didn't do that. So that's the off the ball stuff. And I've read a couple of articles and I've watched a couple of videos um, where people have kind of dubbed over the video of the footage saying this is what he's good at, this is what he's not. And off the ball seems to come up about it, right? But the thing is, if you go back to Luis Diaz when he comes to Liverpool, off the ball you were kind of going, "Mm, well, yeah, he's kind of walking. But you could see him game on game getting more and more into the Liverpool way where genuinely, before he gets injured, he's there shining light in this season for me. Yeah, he was his, very, he was... his very first game, you could see it. There was one instance where he went to track someone back and he half-hearted did it and then he gave up. And Klopp roared at him mm. from, the, from the sideline. He didn't do it again because the standard that is set by everyone else drags players up to that standard. The players themselves won't allow passengers. They just won't tolerate it in the dressing room. Yeah, and... You know, you have to be a strong character to come into that dressing room as well. You know, you can't be a bit lily-livered or mealy-mouthed when you're coming into that dressing room. And, yeah, they'll look after him and they'll mind him and what have you, but there's a standard of what's ex- what's expected of players and mm. there's basics in the job that you have to do. And he's going to have to pick that up quick because we're not in a position where we can afford uh, too many slip-ups. Like, you know, he's yeah. going to have to hit the ground running. Yeah, now listen. I, 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 overall, I think it's, I think it's really good business. I think it, it, it kind of feels a bit Luis Diaz-ish, where you, his main thing is left hand side, so we might put him in there and just wing it a little bit because we did with Luis Diaz, we winged it, but you're seeing a change in Luis Diaz this season. He was our best player, 
Lewis Diaz before he gets injured. That's my opinion. Yeah. He's our best player this season. He walked and walked. He got at people. The only thing you can say on Lewis Diaz is sometimes he doesn't commit people enough. But then again, sometimes he doesn't need to because he runs across face a goal and he hits shots and all right, not a lot of them go in, but some of them do. Hits the hitting posts and all sorts of stuff. And I think you, it might be a little bit like Lewis Diaz. And it's yeah, the same time of year. Threat. and he gives you another threat, doesn't he? Someone else to... If you're a defender, uh, yeah. you're like, okay, Darwin Nunes is going to create absolute havoc because he doesn't stop and he doesn't stay in one spot. Salah Salah. What the hell is this guy going to do? Yeah. You know, it, 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 it'd be a nightmare. It's options, Kev. It's always and options. You can't have too many bad players in your squad. But the thing is, it's always options. Yeah. And uh, like people going, where will he fit into the team? I don't fucking. That's not my job. That's not my job to fit into, into the, the team. squad. All I want to know. Squad. Listen, I have no problem with Liverpool going out and playing Salah, Firmino, Diaz, right? Okay, and uh, or Salah, Nunes, Diaz, right? And then saying, but on the bench, there's Firmino and Gakpo as well. By the way, they're on the bench, and what we brought in a midfielder, and yeah, um, this midfielder's playing, but Thiago's on the bench. As well, like that's what you want to see. Like you nearly yeah. look at the bench at Liverpool before, very quickly after looking at the Force Eleven to see if that Force Eleven's good, really good. But Jesus, look at that on the bench. And other teams will affect that as well. And it starts to get into your mind of other teams where they go, we, we can't change this, 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 and this because they're going to do this. And yeah, you, you're getting in the, in first, the first, yeah, the first game of the season back, the first game back. We looked at the lineup. Like, yeah, okay, it's all right. Okay, you could argue that you could argue the fact to toss over over Oxen that, and then you look at the bench. You know, oh my days! It's like if we're going to win that game, it has to be won on the by the first eleven because that bench is just. You're, we're back to the days now where the starting eleven picked itself, and mm. uh, that's not a nice place to be. Yeah, uh, Motosir Ali says, "Don't forget the Doak. Um I, I absolutely adore um, Doak as well. I have to be honest yeah. with you. He's I, I always have, I've always loved the player that comes along at 17, 18, and it's just fearless. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You know, you see players coming off 17 and 18 and you think they've got they've got ability and, you know, but this fella just looks fearless. This fella is just like, he's literally playing football like he's playing down the park on a Sunday street, with his mates. Street yeah, footballer. Street, yeah, 100%. And um, don't forget him. Um, just reckons it is my job. It's... 100% not my job to pick the Liverpool team Avo says Diaz looked like our best player because he was at 100% all the others looked like 70% now he didn't look like our best player before he got injured he was our best player this season he was there's, a, there's no doubt about it in my mind he was our best player this season before he got injured because for me he was the one that was looking dangerous all the time and doing his job and if you're doing your job and the rest aren't you're the best player in the team um, yeah. That's how it goes. Uh, 235 watching, 62 likes. The reclaimer wants 100. So um, hit the like button, please. It's not hard to do. Um, it really, really helps us. We're doing everything we possibly can to bring you this content free of charge because costs of doing all this stuff just keeps rising and rising, trust me, because um, I'm the one that looks after the costs. So if you can hit the like button, it's absolutely amazing. Subscribe. If you're listening to the download afterwards, subscribe to it. 
hit the review button it takes a minute five star review it pushes us up the ratings and more people get to see it and we are able to bring it for free um let's move on though because i've saved the comment here um from jake and he says this is a good signing but we must and i mean must sort the midfield out as well can't do one without the other right so let's talk about midfield and I'm not going to talk about it and what we need because we fucking know what we need. All right, we we know like we're we're going to arrive into January here now, and I can't see Kate and Oxley Chamberlain signing the deal. Right? No, I can't see the club offering one. Kate, mm, I'm not too sure. Oxley can't. Um, Milner's going to be another year older. All that stuff, right? So let me let let's go through names and let's what people what. Let's see what you think and what people in the chat think, and we bounce off each other. And we'll have a lovely time for the next half an hour, right? Amrabat of Fiorentina. I'm going to start with him Sorry. because the reason I'm going to start with him is because when all the other names are floating around that we're going to get to in a few minutes, and it's like oh, definitely in for him, not in for him, definitely for him, not in for him. This fella seems to pop up as the alternative of 40 million quid. Watch your take on this fella because you sent me something earlier where I think what John Barnes said, yeah, um, Liverpool should not be looking at this player because if they've watched him in the last twelve months, talk to me, Kev. John Barnes was basically saying you can't sign players based on a World Cup performance. If the club hasn't been looking at him for the last six months, why are you looking at him based on a few games? Uh-huh. And I completely understand where he's coming from. He's absolutely spot on. But he's the type of he's the profile of player that we do need. He's um, he's a good age. He's not too. He's he's at that age now where he's as good as he's going to get. Right. Um, the fee is ridiculous. He's not worth forty million. He's 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 a twenty million pound player. Mm-hmm. And this is what what has gone crazy with with transfer fees being talked about at the minute. Um. He's a twenty to twenty-five million pound player at best, at absolute best. Because before the World Cup, I knew of him, but I thought, yeah, you're a good footballer, but you know, you're playing a Fiorentina, you're at a level, and that's about it. But then you see him playing for Morocco, and you look at the the job that he does. Now the difference is when you looked at how Morocco played, they sat in deep, they sat in with players around the ball, and he was an absolute bee around everything. He was Unbelievable, really high energy. by the way. But we don't play like that. No. Can he do that with Virgil? I'd put him in a Liverpool side away at Brentford. Yeah, physically, mm-hmm. there's there's horses for courses type. But players. by putting that's him why into, I said he's by, a twenty twenty five million pound player. But by putting him in the team at Brentford, you're probably going to put him in beside Fabinho, which then tells Brentford that you're worried about them, which then makes Brentford come out and play in a certain way that you will might struggle to click out of that gear and go and win a game, right? Yeah. The reason I'm not I'm not a fan of signing him, right? Because let's be honest about it, no one knew anything about him before he turned up at the World Cup with Morocco. He was brilliant. His mate beside him, the number eight, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, he was really excellent as well. Right? So when you when you actually when you actually look at it, it would be a real kind of he was great at the World Cup. Let's sign him. Signing, right? Yeah. I just don't see why he'd be on Liverpool's radar. Like, 
if Liverpool are watching a player, just, you know, had him in the background and we're kind of going, I'm not too sure, and he's 22 years of age, and he comes on to the World Cup and you're going, he'd a good World Cup at 22. There's something we could do. I could see them doing it. But this guy is 26. He's at Fiorentina. Aesthetically, he probably doesn't suit Liverpool. I just don't see... I don't see him as the sort of player that Liverpool would have had their eye on in any way. I well, just don't. you got to go... You gotta go back and start. Okay, what do you actually want? First and foremost, everyone says we want a midfielder. Okay, we play with three midfielders. I'm gonna give you the name now in a second. Who I want? Right. So you want it, and this is—it's more for the people in the chat. You know, Mm -hmm. but so you—we play with a two eights and a six. Mm -hmm. You've got Henderson, Elliot, Fabinho, Thiago, Naby's back and available. Mm -hmm. So that's five. You've got Ox available six. Who do you want? And who do you, and more importantly, how are you going to get him into the squad? Well, Kieran B, Kieran B reckons, um, you know, uh, Fabinho's running in treacle. Fabinho ran any more than anyone else in the game, didn't he? Yeah. You know, he got a slating in some circles last for that game. Yeah. And I don't, Ali, Ali I don't Ace is a cubby of smoke screen. Um, <laughs> And Jono says, no chance, Amrabat was on our radar six months ago. I just I just can't see it. I can't see it. Like, the other names being mentioned, Kone, Toram, um, younger than, both younger than him, I think. Um, oh, Christ, yeah. And because they're younger, it makes sense. Like, people people want to, people want to write off Fabinho very quickly. Yeah, he's gone through a bad spate of form, but so have loads of the players in this team. And players come back. And, by signing a player, it helps them. Like, Cody Gakbo signed for Liverpool today, right? What's to say he doesn't put four goals on a play for Darwin Nunes in the next two games? And people go, oh, do you remember Darwin Nunes? We were laughing at him and Sky were fucking absolutely appalling and pathetic by showing his miss, uh, reels of misses. You know, um, we won't be talking about that anymore. Signings help players. And I've gone on about this so much about Fabinho. Yeah. He needs help. And I don't mean someone to come in and take him out of the team and let him play as a six. He needs legs around him, right? Henderson's not going to do it for you for 90 minutes. We've seen yeah. it the other day. He's not going to do it for you. Thiago's not going to do it for you, right? He needs players in there that are going to go in and go, we're going to annihilate these people in front of you and you're going to pick up the pieces and get us playing. That's how Fabinho has always worked. Always yeah. worked. Now, don't get me wrong. When these players in front of him start doing that, Fabinho then steps into his own where he's hitting the, these lovely little diagonals and chip balls and Mane's getting on the end of them and we've seen all that. He That's the sort of help he needs. I get where you're saying, because you've said for a while, we need a six, right? I'm not saying, I'm not disagreeing with you, but, what I'm, what, but overall for me... It doesn't need me, to be now, that's it. What? It doesn't need to be now. It doesn't it need to be need now, but it doesn't need today. to be exclusively a six. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So this is the next name I'm going to throw at you. And this is the player I've said for ages Liverpool should sign in January. And I'm sticking by it. Right? Now, I'm going to hold my hands up. I'm all behind Enzo Fernandez and Joe Bellingham both signing for Liverpool. Yeah. But Moises yeah. Saicedo is the player Liverpool should sign in January. Without a fucking shadow of a doubt to me, Kev. Because, let me tell you why. He's young. He has Premier League experience. He's gone to a World Cup. He's physically able to get around the pitch. 
in a massive way. He can he can play in a six for Liverpool if needs be, but he can also play ahead of that, right? He can play instead of Fabinho or with Fabinho. I think he's 50, 60 million quid. I will be all over it. And if that means that you ha- you can't get Enzo Fernandez, but you do, Bellingham is a... I'm going to go into Bellingham in a bit. Bellingham is a side issue here. It's a different issue. Yeah. yeah. We're looking at... the Forget Bellingham for a minute, right? Forget Bellingham for a minute. What Liverpool do in midfield, Bellingham was not part of this discussion. This player that we speak about, including Enzo Fernandez, is part of what Liverpool's transfer strategy is financially. Bellingham, for me, is over there somewhere else where it's a one-off and we're going to do it. Someone's saying they're 80 million. It, it won't be. If you walk into Brighton tomorrow and offer them 50 to 60 million pounds for Moises Saicedo, you get him. And Kev, I cannot see why Liverpool have not gone... Why you wouldn't go and do this? If you were spending 40 on Amrabat, right, at 26 yeah. years of age, why aren't you going to Brighton and going, listen, there's 55 and let's take this fella because I think he's, he's absolutely oh, yeah. perfect for what we need. He covers yeah, I, he covers different positions, and I think he can just get better and better and better. I agree with you on the player 100%. And here's what I'll tell you if I'm Brighton. I've just sold Cucurella. I don't need the money. Yeah, He's going to help me get into Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, come and see me in the summer. Okay, that's fine. I don't need... I, and that, if I'm Brighton, I have to... You, you've just lost, you've lost your manager. Mm-hmm. You've lost your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You've lost your head of recruitment. You've lost mm-hmm. your hierarchy at the club. Mm-hmm. You've spent Chelsea have fleeced you for sixty odd million for a left back as well, mm-hmm. and you've just you've bought clever. You've brought in your left back. You've brought in a centre mid who's now worth money. You've got a World Cup winner in McAllister. You need a forward, but you have a real live chance of qualifying for Europe. You're Brighton and Hove Albion. Mm-hmm. There is no there is no way in hell unless you come in with stupid money. That I would sell Moses Caicedo in a January window. I just there is just no way you you couldn't. Yeah, but that's I, where but you, that's, if you're Brighton, I couldn't justify that to the fans. A hundred percent. That's the only way Kev, I'd look at it. A hundred percent, Kev. But let me tell you this: the days of clubs deciding what players do was over. Yeah, you're right? point. Yeah. So Moses Caicedo, who's apparently on three and a half grand a week at Brighton, yeah, goes to Brighton and says, "Listen, I've come here. You've signed me for fucking." I don't know how much I don't know how much you've signed for, right? I'm not gonna pretend I do, right? Let's say ten million. I'd say it's somewhere like that. I'd right? say you're not far off, I'd right. say it's okay. less. Um you're going to get five times to six times your money and I've want to play for Liverpool Football Club. He goes to Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I I'm just giving you the devil's advocate because because as much I'm as from a right. different point of view. I don't okay. so it. so let let's put it to you this way. They lost the manager. They saw they, they lost Cucurella for fifty million quid or whatever it was, right? Who else have they lost? They've lost Cucurella for sixty three, and but it, it, it's they didn't really have to sell anyone else. Just the whole thing. They've lost Ben White to um, Arsenal the year before. Yeah, they've sold big and they've, they've reinvested that money well and smart. They're not in any debt. They, they don't owe anybody any money. Yeah, correct. And so so they're, so they're in a good spot. Yeah, so so Soisado goes to Brighton and says, "You sold this player and that player for a hundred million quid, and you haven't invested that hundred million quid. So, 
But it's not like... I'm not saying Brighton aren't trying to push on. They're being very sensible what they do. And they're very sensible in the way they invest. But at the end of the day, Brighton and Hove Albion getting 60 million quid from Moises Saicedo. And Moises Saicedo saying, listen, I mightn't get this chance again. Right? Now, they could turn around and go, come on, in the summer, you'll have four teams after you go, yeah, but Liverpool mightn't be one of them. And they can't disprove that he just wants to play for Liverpool. For me, 60 million quid, you go in and you get Moises Saicedo, and then you look and you say to yourself, I still think Liverpool need three midfielders come the end of the summer. So they're going to need two more on top of that. Right? But I think if Bellingham's one of those, then you could look around and go, right, where is the real value in the market come the summer? And I'm not against someone coming in for nominal fee where you go, he's really good, he's fifth, sixth choice in midfield. But that's the player I would give you. I would, and I'd t- I wouldn't harp it. I think he's a brilliant player. We've said even Keith is mad on him from the start of the season. And anytime you watch Brighton, he's the engine room. He's the heartbeat of the side. Uh, a lot of stuff goes through him, more so through him through Trossard than than anyone else. But you could, he's you'd notice him before you notice McAllister, and McAllister went and won a World Cup. That's what. When I watched Argentina in that World Cup, that midfield three reminded me so much of a Liverpool midfield three. Industrious, hardworking, not technically brilliant at anything, but good enough at everything. And Saicedo wouldn't be out of place in the midfield of that ilk. He's he could do. He's a brilliant age. He could do a job. I don't think he's going to add goals, but his work rate and his ability to break play up especially from pressing from the front, is, is really, really good. His passing is brilliant as well. There's an awful lot to like about him. and it, I'd be all over him, if, but it would almost have to be player-driven. Player the player would have to drive that through. You know, but, he'd, he'd, have to, he'd have to force it through. Yeah, maybe so. And listen, uh, players decide where they go. Like clubs, yeah. clubs can say what they want, but you know, when a player wants to go, yeah, the club will try to drive up the price, but... I can't see Brighton turning down fifty to sixty million pounds for Moises Saicedo. I just can't. I, and I it's, know the Premier League, and I know they don't need to sell. And I know there's this, a and I know decent that. relationship. There's a decent relationship between the two clubs as well with Lalana and the fact that do you know a silly thing? Um, Tall went and done that documentary, yeah, and they had they would have had to ask Brighton permission to interview Adam Lalana at their ground, and it was never a problem. So the, the Brighton aren't that kind of combative club that are head in the clouds and difficult to deal with. And they, they seem to have a good relationship with Liverpool. So you'd hope that a deal could be struck. But he is the exact type of player that we should be looking at, 100%. Yeah. Um, look, uh, that's that's the name I'm going to go with because I just think, you know, like someone said there earlier, if you're, there, sorry, Eunice said it, and I'm going to read it out because it's, it's a good point, right? Um, Eunice says, if we leave three midfielders for the summer, teams are going to scam us because they know we need um, we need players, right? Yeah. And um, I, I agree with that. And I think that's yeah. why Liverpool... Like, if you sign a midfielder in Saicedo at 60 and you're doing Bellingham at whatever the price, I don't know what the price is, right? It probably does rule you out of going for Enzo Fernandez, right? 100%. But I think it leaves you in... in in the summer where you're going, I've spent 160 here in midfielders, I've probably 40. But I'm going to get a player that's worth 40. 
instead of a player that's you know worth 20 and I'm paying 40 for them because Liverpool need yeah. players and, and we're going to be scammed for it you know I mean, and there, I just... there's other things to consider as well the fact that there was a, an interview that David Ornstein did tonight that um, Creevin Kelleher might be looking to leave in the summer um, we could have homegrown issues next year which means that we have to we might need to sign homegrown a homegrown centre mid in the summer to keep the quotas where they are. If we're going to lose, if we're going to lose James Milner and Tyler Morton will come back into the squad fine, but Davies will probably get promoted. You'd still have to bring in another keeper, but do you know what I mean? There's other factors at play other than the, the, the type of player. And if I was looking at bringing in an English, <clears throat> an English player, I'd go all out to bring in Jacob Ramsey from Villa. That's not a bad show. I was I was terrified I you were really going to say like Declan Rice to me. No, 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 no. I really <coughs> like Declan Ramsey. I think he could be he could be that fulcrum, that part of a midfield setup that could see the club through for a long time. If you if you get if you're looking for that age range of player, he's not on huge money. Yeah, he signed a new contract, but I think his wages are something like. 390 grand a year or something like that it's not huge hmm. these contracts are still 2025 so he it would be he'd be the one one player i'd like i'd like to see us have a look at the summer hmm. um we, we've done armor about we've done so say so so let's look at um enzo fernandez <laughs> now the reports are that Liverpool put an awful lot of work into this. We've done a couple of shows around Enzo Fernandez, and you know, I, I kind of lean towards Liverpool are in the conversation, but I'm hesitant to believe that Liverpool have activated any sort of um, bio clause, right? Yeah, because if they did, you'd know about it, right? Um, yeah, you would. It would be, if you knew about if he if we did, then it would be the work. It's, it'd just be a case of get his work permit, get him yeah. over for medical. It's done. Um, now you've you seen know, so all that talk. We, of, we've we've uh, seen reports and take these with as much salt as you want, but we've seen reports that oh, United have activated it, Chelsea have activated it, um, Real Madrid look like they've activated it. No one's activated activated by the sounds of it. Um, I did see a Portuguese uh, journalist earlier say nobody's activated this. Like Enzo, Martin, Enzo Martinez, I'm doing it again. Enzo <laughs> Fernandez um, uh, is has had discussions with his agent. That's as far as it's gone. But where do you? F- um, and David Lynch says, uh, John tells us that David Lynch said LFC are not in for Enzo Fernandez. Um, I do, I don't know whether they are or whether they aren't. I could make arguments against them being in from or not being in from, but. Is it hard to see a situation where Liverpool do sign Saicedo for argument's sake? Do have Bellingham towards the summer and you're still going to fit someone like this in at that sort of money, Kev? Because I think it's starting to look a bit difficult. And that's that's just on... It's a colossal amount of money. That's all I'm going on. It's a colossal amount of money. Now, people argue that, oh, well, if we're doing this, we definitely have new owners... No, we don't, Make because we don't difference. know anything about that either. We're just trying to look at it in a, in a sense of, 
you know, people in the chat have said, look, we, we've brought this on ourselves, so we kind of need to yes. fucking sort it out, and that's true as well. But yeah. in in the sense that even if you're getting Bellingham in the summer, you're still probably committing <laughs> if you do 160 it, it, million quid. It, tie, it ties your hands with FFP massively. It limits what you're able to do for the next four windows mm-hmm. after that, for the next two years. There's an argument that they're front-loading it. Without when they want to come in, they're front-loading it. Yeah, you look at what happened to Manchester United when they front-loaded it. I mean, they've got other issues with debt and what have you, but Manchester United front-loaded in the summer, and now they're looking at loan signings because they're, they're just stone broke. They don't have the flexibility to do what they need to do. And I just, I think it's way too much money anyway. Um, I think on the strength, he won the young boy award at the world cup, best player, best young player at the tournament. And you wouldn't argue against it. He had a phenomenal world cup. And he he was instrumental in Argentina getting to a final, Uh, saying all of that. If you were to say, he was you were looking at him at 60 65 million pounds fair enough because man city bought rodri at 70 million euro i looked it up earlier on when i was looking up the top transfer fees paid for players the highest amount paid for a central midfielder so far is paul pogba at 105 million the next one down to that from that is uh rodri at 70 Central midfielders don't command the kind of money that was being talked about for Enzo Fernandez and Jude Bellingham. That buyout clause is a stupid clause. Is 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 if a club is rich enough and stupid enough to pay it, good luck, you. That's all those buyout clauses are. Yeah. People if you're are stupid enough to pay it, good luck, you. People are mentioning Chelsea and stuff like that, but Chelsea are doing the same thing. Chelsea are front loading their spend um, to try put a squad in place. Um, and there's going to be a place. cost to this down but, the line. But yeah, I, I can see Chelsea absolutely massively settling down, um, if not after the summer, but definitely after that. Um, Maltzer Sar says, we hardly spent last summer. Why would we have an issue with FFP considering we have record profits? I haven't seen We have not profits. got record profits. We've haven't got, seen. We report, now, our last loss was £179 million. Pounds. Yeah, I, I haven't seen record profits, but but the thing is, because of Liverpool's break-even sort of thing, and that's just a model that's in there, you could quite easily, I think, go out and spend what. Yeah, uh, it's Fernandez up to three hundred million. And as I say, though, I'm front-loaded now, but you'd have to watch yourself over the next four windows, like you said. Yeah. We've, um, we've done it before, haven't we? When with um, when we've. Sold Phil Coutinho, then we invested it really big, and then we went quiet for a while. And it was nominal fees for players and just buy in what we absolutely need and focus on the core that we had. Mm. That was fine. But we don't we're not looking now to sell a Phil Coutinho type player. We're looking to do this on the strength of the commercial revenues that the club have made, the competition money that we've earned and the future potential earnings. But FFP is still based on three year a three-year cycle. If you front load this with £300 million worth of spending over, say, this January and this coming summer, that really is going to limit the club and what they're able to do in the following three to four windows. Mm. And people are going to have to accept that it's going to take player sales to bring players in, 
And by then, you've got to look at, you're going to have Thiago out of contract. You're going to have Matip needing replacing. Arguably, Mo's 33 now. You might need to be bringing in another forward. It, you know, you can't foresee the future that far ahead, but you have to play smart. You have to box clever as well. That's why I think you could do one or the other in the summer, Enzo or Jude, preferably Jude. But I don't see any reason why you do both, especially at the figures that's been quoted. There's just yeah. no need, no need for it. Ali says Gav clubs are trying to go above the release clause for Enzo to defer the payments. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a fair point as well. If you go above the release clause, you can then negotiate it back into payments. But I think yeah. that's. But it's, oh, it's, it I, would I think, still be a world record. I think it's a release clause he has, not a buyout clause. Is that right? Yeah, it's a release clause. Yeah. Yeah, because the buyout clause is different. That's that's buying out his contract where he would have to pay up front. I think release clause it just means that the club would have to release him to another club for that, and that's where you can still like that hundred and twenty million euros is not going to be paying up front. No, 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 no. It would only be paid up front. If no, it was but it would still be fact. It would still be factored in. We know still, all the other Of course, it would. Well. But, but it, like people say, you pay it in 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 installments. But like if you if you commit two hundred and sixty million pounds, um, between now and June, you're still committing two hundred and sixty million pounds to your to your um accounts. You know, sort yeah. of way. So look, plus interest. For me, so, for me, like Gakpo's a great signing. I'm going to finish up in a couple of minutes, but for me, Gakpo's a great signing. We definitely need a midfielder in in, in January. I think Jude Bellingham should be the one in the summer, without a shadow of a doubt. And going on the presumption that Oxley Chamberlain or or Kate, who I don't think will sign deals, but strange things have happened. You're going to need a third, um, and that's why the Fernandez stuff is sitting there bubbling because people are going well. They're definitely going for Bellingham and did get this fella and who's the, but I think you might see I think I think it's a hard one and I'm yet I to see many I'm the thing with me, Kevin, is I'm yet to see many concrete things. I, and maybe I'm old fashioned, I'm just someone that says, Listen, just show me I'm fucking at Melwood or the access centre as it is now. <laughs> show me Anfield and then I'm kind of I'm all in, you know what I mean? Now yeah. I did say earlier I'm all in for um Fernandez and I'm all in for Bellingham. That, I'm absolutely all in for them because I think they're two fantastic players and yeah. why wouldn't you be? But on yeah. the news that's going around, you're having, a, you're, you're getting stuff from Italy about it, uh, Portugal, Spain, England, everywhere about this and oh. just, it, it it's not adding up for any club really. Not only Liverpool, it's just not adding no, up for any club for it, me. It, can, it can't. And the thing is, you got to look at it. On, outside of Chelsea and Man United in the summer, with absolute ballistic and transfer fees. Nobody else really has. You know, the mm. Italian league is in real trouble. Clubs are really struggling. Spanish league, the same. French league, the same. It's PSG is literally brought in a rake of free transfers. Mm. Absolute shed load of free transfers. I mean, Chelsea are already, com- they signed a striker today um, for fan, I think, from Denmark. He's a, I think he's Senegalese. I've no Ivorian striker. So ten million they paid for him, but they've already committed to Nkunku in the summer for 65, 70 million quid, and now they're talking about one hundred and thirty million euro for Enzo Fernandez on top. That's just not. That makes no sense. I mean, yeah. for me, you look at the amount of money that's, look at the amount of money that's actually changed hands. There's an awful lot of talk and an awful lot of noise. But you actually look at the transfer fees of players that have moved. 
is nowhere near what what's being quoted. Mm. I can't for the life. Benfica would be absolutely, you know, off their games if they come to the end of the last week in January and he's still there, and they suddenly get an offer of 65, 70 million euro for him. I think they might probably take it yeah. because well, that's more than what they would earn for winning the Champions League. Yeah. Torek says Gava Bio clause is just a different name for a release clause. No, it's not. It's not. No. A, a release clause is where you have to release the player to discuss with other clubs that, you know, you can't tone it down. A buyout clause is where you literally just go in and buy out the whole contract. You've seen it with Neymar. Neymar just went in and went, there's no discussion here. I'm off. And the player buys the contract. The player buys the contract. Now, in Neymar's case, I think it was was a Qatar game, the money or whatever it was, but they're two slightly different things. Yeah, I think there's another issue with Enzo Fernandez is the fact that um, River Plate still own a percentage of his contract. Mm. I think River Plate would be due something like thirty million yeah. off of a hundred and five million pounds transfer. So maybe it's a case that Benfica don't want to swallow that thirty million. Who mm. knows? But. We'll I mean, the thing is, that by the by the end of the summer, we're going to be linked with it, linked with every midfielder who's ever kicked the ball. Yeah, you and listen, <clears throat> as much and as there's we... others as well out there. There's other. I mean, you look at Milinkovic Savage. He's always tipped with a move to leave Lazio. He's 26, 27. He's on yeah. seventy five grand a week, and he's his still, contract he's is up there. in twenty twenty. Yeah, he's on his contract is up in twenty twenty four. Yeah, um, he's a good player. You know, there's plenty of good central midfielders out there. If you want someone to get you over a hump, if you want someone to get you over a two-year yeah, but this period. feels this feels a bit more like th- than that. This feels like because, being done. Yeah, because it's not like we're just going. Oh, we get him in; he's brilliant, and we might just do him because that makes sense. This feels like a, a real transition in the Liverpool midfield is needed over the next six, twelve months at the most for me. That's just my thing. Us, yeah. Um, without kicking and screaming about it. Um, freedom of Liverpool makes a good point. Um, and we finish up now in a minute, but. He says, he or she says, I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman. There's no way we are ever getting both Bellingham and Enzo. It's going to be something like Chelsea and Newcastle will pay the Enzo release clause. And when I read that, I kind of think to myself, you know what, that's a good point because it nearly feels to me like someone's going to take the bait and activate that clause. You know, like, I can't understand why we aren't hearing stuff on Enzo Fernandez where Manchester United have offered, went in and offered £80 million for Right? Or it's hundred and twenty million euro, isn't it? It's hundred million pounds. Yeah, there's there's seventy million pounds. And start to war- start to see what's going on until you get to someone going, um, they're offering fuck, they're offering ninety million. Tell you what, release hit the release clause now and we get we get the force dibs on them and try to get the deal done while they're still sitting there thinking their 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 bid is okay. And that's to me why it's a bit no one's really activated because if he's activated, you know about it. Um, if he was activated, he'd be he'd be on a plane. Yeah, yeah. as simple as that. Um, Ali A wants to talk about the Madrid propaganda on Jude. Where are they doing this? Listen, <sighs> I've said Madrid. it before and I'll say it again, right? And this is not coming from anywhere or any information or anything because you know I don't have any information. Um, I don't ever pretend to. Wherever Jude Bellingham is going in the summer is already decided, in my opinion. I cannot for the life of me see Jude Bellingham sitting in January 2023 not knowing where he's going to play football next year, right? If he's that 
into his career and what he sees where it's going to go. And people go, oh, we don't make the Champions League. We want Listen, it's a much bigger picture than five months of football. It's where you see yourself, the club, it might be the city, the manager, the players that are there, are your mates there? You know, where do you see them going? You know, the field you get off. I think wherever he's going is already decided. Where that is, I couldn't tell you. But I would say whoever Joe Bellingham signs for, it will come out very soon after he does. That sign is announced that he's been speaking to that club since, I would say, August of 2022. That's my opinion on it. And we'll have to I just wait and see where it goes. And all the all the pandering and all this, and he's doing this and they're going to activate this and they're going to do that. I don't believe it. I believe that wherever he's going, he knows where he's going. Because he seems to me, both him and his family, and in fairness, Borussia Dortmund, that he wouldn't leave it where there's six months of bullshit going on for Joe Bellingham as to where he's going to go. They would have him and look after him. And the best way to look after Joe Bellingham is to say, listen... You go and enjoy your football at Borussia Dortmund. You know you're going there in the summer. But you go and enjoy yourself. There's no pressure on you. You're not going to have all this over your head. And that's the way I see with Joe Bellingham. But um, we'll yeah. have to wait. I think, I think I think it'll get announced after they go out of Europe. It's one of those things. They'll Could leave do. him in Europe. Kind of similar to Ibu. was kind of like, not in a wing type. We knew we were getting him. You know, mm. it was, Could do. You know, I think they'll wait until until whatever happens in Europe. They're still in a precarious position in in the Bundesliga, and mm. um, look, they're in trouble at the minute because they're missing Haller like you wouldn't believe. So, mm. you know, they they report back for their winter preseason training. I think next week. Yeah. So he's supposed to sit. He's apparently supposed to sit down with Dortmund then and discuss stuff, whatever. Mm. I think, like, I agree with you. I think it's the way he's he's planned out his career. You know, to work with the best coaches, work at the best places. He it's can. not even that. He's nineteen years of age, Kev. Well, he's like, not. You don't. Though. You don't want. To, you don't want as a mother or father or agent or friend or whatever. You don't want him to turn up in May and going right. These are all. He wants you. They want you. They want. Where are you going to go? What do yeah. you think of this? And Freud the fella's head. No. You know, they'd be looking, going, listen. He could turn around and say, I'm happy at Borussia Dortmund, but I don't think so. I think he wants to make the next step. Right? Remember the nonsense with Haaland's agents flying yeah, but, around but the, all but these the thing is, all over Europe. <coughs> but that. the thing is, well, the thing is, Kev, they would turn around to him and go, listen, at the, at the end, of, the back end of the, the transfer window last August, they'd turn around and go, listen, we need to discuss next year because <laughs> Borussia Dortmund know you're going to hit your peak on your value. They're probably going to go get the most. Where would you like to go? Right? Okay. And he's looking at himself going, I'm going to play in a World Cup. And I can progress myself, and you know I can I can go here, I can go there, and he'll sit down and look at it. I've no doubt wherever Joe Bellingham is going is agreed. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but I, I I would be very surprised, very very surprised, if he signs for somebody in if it's announced after go Europe or he signs in May or June or July or whatever it might be, that it doesn't come back where Liverpool or Manchester United or Man City or Real Madrid or whoever had this deal in place or we're discussing this deal a year in advance. That's just the way I am. Um, let me see. Uh, the Reclaimer's getting very, very greedy now. He wants 200 likes to this. Um, he's on Derek's made a great point there. Actually. I'm sorry, he wants 100 more subscribers to hit 13K. Go on, I'm going to say something before after you. Go on. Go on. No, I say Derek made a great point there. Uh, he said, we won't know a damn thing 
I'll just paraphrase it now because it's gone off the screen. But we won't know a damn thing about go. what's going on with Belling or anyone else because just like the Gakpo deal, it'll just be announced. It'll just be we'll just be told. And that's I love that. I love I love the surprise of it. That's you know, bring it all back to the Cody Gakpo stuff. I love coming off the stream, looking at Twitter and go, Oh my god, they've done it. Yeah. What the hell? It was that like fluttery feeling, like oh my god, I can't wait for someone else to come out. Oh, and someone else reported it. Yeah. Always said something. And yeah, and and that's, they're all jumping on it. And, it's like, and that's the way that's the way Liverpool deal an awful lot of their transfers. Mm. You know, and this this one is potentially the biggest transfer in the club's history in Joe oh, Bellingham. You know, so they're not going to be sitting down fucking in Liverpool drinking pints, going, "Listen, everybody, we're going to be doing this." It's just not how it works. Um, yeah. But look, um, as I said, the reclaimer wants. I don't know, 40 more likes. So if you hit it on your way out, that's great. Um, he wants 100 more subscribers to hit 13K. You must be keeping a track on that as well. Listen, we bring you shows. We have a lovely time doing it. And we're usually drinking. Um, so that's probably the biggest reason why we do it. But the chat is amazing. We forget, forget subscribers or likes or anything like that. We just want to talk to more people. And have more people interact with us. And, and by having more subscribers, more people that like, more people that interact, which is a big thing, we're able to bring this for free. And we're able to, you know, we, we don't make any secrets about this. The more people watch this, the more people subscribe, like, whatever. That helps us in creating revenue through YouTube and other, or other areas to pay for all of this. You know, whether that's software, internet, electricity, heating, fucking uh, equipment for the lads whatever it might be e- even to the point of going away to Liverpool and covering some stuff which we will do between now and the end of the season and uh, me and the group of lads then as well so we make no secret about that you know what I mean so you hitting the like or hitting the subscribe helps us to bring this where we don't have to turn around to someone and go uh, can you give us two quid a month or three quid a month and we'll put emojis on your thing we don't want to do that so all we ask is that you like and subscribe and if it's 13,000 or 513,000 subscribers, it doesn't matter. Just watch, interact, subscribe, like, review, do all that sort of stuff, and it helps us on the way. Um, rest of the week, what day is today, Kev? Oh, I know you're asking. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. So Good tomorrow, <laughs> we're hoping to do a Leicester City preview tomorrow, Thursday night. We're going to definitely do full-time Reds on Friday night. After the Leicester game. Saturday and Sunday, we're not doing that because it's New Year's, right? Uh, give it over. And Monday is the second, isn't it, where we were away to yeah. Brentford. So we'll do a full-time Reds on Monday. And then we'll be back into transfer stuff, midweek fix, viewers, voice, Premier League forecast, all that sort of stuff. So um, we bring it as much as we can. We bring it in video format. We then get it to you for download as well. And um yeah, we have a, a lovely time doing it, and yeah, the chat's second to none. So, um, there you go. Um, anything else before we go, Kev? Because we've covered loads there in fairness in that last hour. Loads. Yeah. Listen, if I hour. if I'm not if I'm not on between now and the and the new year, which I don't think I am, I, I I'm not sure. But happy New Year no, to everyone in the chat. No, I don't think I am. Uh, <laughs> happy New Year to everyone in the chat. Uh, enjoy the New Year's and. We'll see you. I'll see you guys on the other side of it for the Brentford review. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'll probably see us all tomorrow. Matt and Chris will see you Friday, so they be the, them two will be ring, um, sorting us out with Happy New Years and stuff on Friday night. Yeah. And like I said, we'll be back on Monday with with um, reaction to the Brentford game. 
I am. Um, yeah. Great show. Enjoyed all that. Um, that's been the Trippers. That's been NTK. Have a really nice rest of the week. Have a really nice New Year's Eve. Um, and Happy New Year. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.